Hey, you're listening to What I Watch Without You with Caitlin and Esteban. And Esteban. <laughs> the show where we watch things. <laughs> <laughs> the show where we watch apart without each other. Things. The things. Hey, you're listening to What I Watch Without You with Caitlin and Esteban. The show where what we watch without each other brings us closer together. Mm-hmm. Caitlin, what have you been watching without me? It's been sort of a weird weekend. Um, I just things have been very different. A lot of new things. We released our first episodes. Um, I also am uh, like neck deep in grading papers because it's the end of the summer semester. And so basically my mood is I want something on in the background that if I look up doesn't make me like like as a nice distraction from what I'm doing, but also only if I look up that it's not like commanding my attention. So something pleasant to have on. And for me, a lot of times that's cooking shows. The ones in particular that I've actually been looking at lately are, um, I've seen most of these before. I've been rewatching Nigelissima um, with Nigella Lawson, where she makes Italian food in her home. And then uh, I have been watching um, the new season of Sugar Rush, which brings me to my... I would say first, but it's not my first chef love, but like weirdly fascinated by Adriana Zumbo. Adriana Zumbo. Zumbo. You're familiar. No, I know. And he is intriguing because I don't know him and I've never... You've never met him. I've never met the man (laughs) and I've never gone out of my way to look for him. You're not but like on the street being like Zumbo, Zumbo. Zumbo. Have you seen Have you seen Adriano Zumbo? <laughs> but I know him because of you. Yes, yes. I've I've had his stuff on a lot. And from what I've seen, from mm-hmm. what I've gathered, uh, the guy is quite interesting. What I find interesting, like what I find compelling about Adriano Zumbo, um, the first thing is that uh, for being the the one of the permanent judges on the show Sugar Rush, which has had two seasons, and being the like title figure of Zumo's Just Desserts, um, he speaks very little. <laughs> okay, so I think we'll need more exposition here because it just occurred to me that because I have seen you watch Zumbo related shows, watch Zumbo. I I am a little familiar with Zumbo, but. You do have to explain that he's not an American chef. Or Italian. Or an Italian chef. Adriano Zumbo is um, uh, an Australian pastry chef who has these wild and wacky, super intricate desserts. Um, Usually like layers of things inside of things with like weird pieces. And like, like we saw one where he had five desserts inside of one dessert. We saw one where like, uh, what was it? It was like sculptural where it's like really high in the air. It's like several feet tall and balanced precariously. Adriano Sumbo mm-hmm. is an Australian, an Aussie pastry chef with no hair. It works yes. for him. He's got a He's got a cool scar. He's got a cool scar. It works for him. Uh-huh. He wears skinny jeans. Uh-huh. And he wears bright colored shoes. Bright colored what look like skater shoes, something that Rob Deerdeck might yeah, patronage. Yeah, they're really loose. Like you can tell he like loosened the laces after he bought bought them. Possibly Vans. Why, we don't know. Why why? Why do you loosen them? I mean is Are there, you asking about skateboarding culture? Is there a function <laughs> to that? The only thing I know about skateboarding culture is that the things that fasten the wheels to the skateboard are called trucks. Oh, and that's trucks. all I've got. All I remember got from skateboarding. Trucks. I mean, I was pretty big into skateboarding culture. For but 30 minutes? No, no. It was a while, but it was the miniature skateboards mm. that you did with <laughs> your fingers. Oh, I killed those. What are those called? Flips? What are they? No, I don't remember what they're oh called. Oh, my gosh. But no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. How many did you have? I think I only had three. How old were you? uh, Had to be in middle school. (laughs) Yeah, middle school. They were hot in middle school. Oh, my gosh. So what did you learn from finger skateboarding culture? I didn't learn anything about shoes because I never got the (laughs) shoes from my fingertips. So I never had to loosen them. I wouldn't know because I never got into it. (laughs) I wouldn't know. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) So the thing about cooking shows Mm -hmm. is that there is no story. 
or if there there is a story, it's very much it's a condensed. Loose story. It's condensed to that one episode. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you're it's even the um what is it the reality shows yeah 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 they're still condensed to one episode and it's a very clear hey at the start of the episode we have 10 co- contestants at the end mm-hmm. we're gonna have nine or oh, okay. or things like nigelissima where it's just her cooking like not even a cooking competition just a cooking show there's still like um story but the story's super condensed like today i'm having a friend over later so i'm going to make a pie look here's my pie hooray Okay, like it's so very condensed. And that that is the first show you mentioned. So tell me more. And I am familiar with Nigella. Mm-hmm. Um but not too familiar kind of like with Sumbo. I've never gone out of my way. So tell me about that show first. So um Nigella Lawson um was like I want to say independently wealthy. Her family was like super bougie and super rich in England. Um, And she just really loved to cook at her home. So she's a home chef. She's not classically trained. Um, And somehow she was like really, I I should look up more of her history, but she got a a TV show. Um, And she became really, really popular as a home chef. Um, So think kind of like the pioneer woman or something like that, but like classy and um, a little bit flirty and like really... um, she made things look really cool and she has like these little quirky mannerisms that she uses and stuff. And so the show Nigelissima is about how when she was young, she uh, worked in Italy as like a, a, a like late teen, early 20s. And she loves Italian food now and about how she repurposes Italian traditional classics and updates them for like the British home kitchen. So it should be all about stuff like she doesn't make her own pasta, like she uses some stuff that's canned. And so the whole thing is is supposed to be a way to have like fancy Italian food, but like for everyday people. So basically like like Italian for dummies. I It does seem like she is infatuated with the idea of Italy, which yeah, is okay. Yeah, she loves the idea of Italy. She loves the idea of Italy or the memory or a times, times mm-hmm. past. Yeah. Where she, like you said, worked or did whatever it was, was independently wealthy in Italy. She definitely sort of like fetishizes like an Italian life's like fictionalized lifestyle. But but from what from what you told me, it's, uh-huh. it, it can. I don't think it can be for dummies because she is wealthy, right? So you would well, have to true. have like, the money to yeah. afford what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. Because I just from what I from the short time I saw the or like an episode, a clip, a, a clip. She had all <laughs> this equipment. Yes, that the let's say that i don't have would not have yeah she has um these special really wide martini glasses just for making dessert martinis which (laughs) like i mean it looked incredible like she made um these like what was it tiramisinis where it was like martini tiramisu things like in like these giant martini cups it was phenomenal i'll never make them but yeah (laughs) It, it gets you thinking Mm mm-hmm if Nigella went out of her way to have a show devoted to her earlier years in Italy and mm-hmm. basically reliving the nostalgia by creating new home style f- cooking for everyone, mm-hmm. it gets you thinking, what if Nigella had gone to another country, like, let's say, America, and she became infatuated with French fries <laughs> and hamburgers <laughs> and came back to Here's England? Here's how to copy the best In-N-Out burger in your home. Here. <laughs> Back in 1978, the first time I had an, what is it, a wild style, I don't know, oh animal style. Oh, no, style. I was going to say the first time I had Kentucky Fried Chicken. The first time I had KFC. Now, for you viewers who might not know, KFC stands for <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Believe it or not, these are not just a Kentucky staple. They can be found all across the country. All across the country. American children will sit around the dinner table and they will eat Kentucky Fried Chicken with her au pairs it's like <laughs> wait a minute oh gosh <laughs> this doesn't sound <laughs> she always has this way of trying to make it sound decadent too she'll be like i know that america's so far and kentucky feels like a distant land but you too with these easy steps can have that same golden crunchy bite i want to see her make microwave nachos i want to see her everything <laughs> it'll be nigella and, and chef mike she'd be like mike. Who, who's chef mike and then you 20 minutes in you realize oh it's a microwave it's oh just my Nigella gosh. cooking. Nigella and Mike. Nigella loves Mike. That's what it's oh, called. Oh, Nigella loves Mike. Yeah. Yes. And Nigella loves Mike dinner for twos. Oh. Yeah. And then they make TV dinners. And they make TV dinners. It's just dinners. her warming up TV dinners and talking about her childhood. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> I mean, I watch an episode maybe yeah, two. Yeah. 
while I would. yeah while grading like you said <laughs> while grading yeah um what i like about the ones that i've picked though about like nigelissima or like anything with zumbo is that like um or or some other ones there's some other cooking shows that it's about the force of the personality um and i think that's what's really interesting is this idea of a celebrity chef <laughs> which i I guess some of the reason why I'm sort of taken by the concept of a celebrity chef is because I can neither cook nor like entertain people while I'm cooking. And so the fact that like these skills are so intertwined for them that like they can be making something and talk. It's yeah. just interesting. It is interesting. Have you ever seen a uh, next food network star? No, it's basically where they're trying to be TV chefs. Oh. Um, and it's phenomenal because they'll be cooking and they'll be like, your dish was beautiful, but your mannerisms were stupid and you're boring. I'm, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it's so like there was one guy. Um, I, I was thinking of a name. I was like Felicity. Felicity, your your dish was outstanding, mm -hmm. but we're just gonna say it. You look bored, <laughs> and that doesn't sell. <laughs> there was this one guy who had beaten Bobby Flay on Iron Chef as like a challenger, and so he's like he so he's beaten Iron Chef Bobby Flay. He beat Bobby um, Flay. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, on Iron Chef. Um, and so, like, his food, um, it was, like, phenomenal. And everything they made, they were like, this is the best thing we've ever had on this show. And they were like, the camera hates you. Every time we're looking at you, we actually stop looking at you and look at other things. If you're on camera with other people, we watch them. You're like, like, what was it? What's that phrase that I think comes from the office? Charisma black hole? I don't know if it comes from the office. I think what it might. What is it? Sunny? No, it might be from The Office. It's I, good, though. He I was a charisma, charisma black hole. I think it's Creed talking <laughs> about Andy. Yeah. Charisma black hole. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to double check, but I think it's Creed talking about Andy. Yeah. Yeah, and it might be when Andy is deciding to leave to yeah. pursue music. But I think that that's... Or acting. Or yeah, acting. either one. <laughs> but that's like what I feel like... Um, yeah, if you are yeah. a charisma black hole, there's no way... It uh, doesn't matter how good of a chef you are. You have to be something else. If you're going to be... A celebrity chef, uh -huh. you have to make sure you have the charisma going. Uh -huh. You have to exude light, mm -hmm. but Not you cannot creeps. ooze creep. Mm -hmm. What but else do you need? You need to have some form or semblance of cooking skills. Not yes. too many. Even if you can't cook, you have to fake cooking yeah. convincingly. Yeah. I have to believe that you can at least make mac and cheese. Yeah, you have to fake it until somebody else brings or cuts the camera until and brings <laughs> the new plate. And you, you pull the thing. Remember they put the uncooked the one I into the <laughs> oven and they pull out one that is cooked from the oven? And yeah. Then, and you put it to 425 degrees and you put it in. But here, I already did it. Did you? Okay. <laughs> they do this all the time. <laughs> I already did it. Mm. <laughs> I like the idea of them saying, I already did it, opening up the oven. And pulling out what's clearly from a super, like from a store. <laughs> it's still in case. A Stouffer's lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea too of pulling out just a completely different dish. <laughs> like it went in as like a cake and it comes out as a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> you said, but like, you said what? you did that. Are you, are you lying? I made it earlier. What do you think my cakes look like? <laughs> and that's why you need the charisma because you have to be able. You have to sell it. Exactly. Convincing. Yes. Okay, Esteban. It's yes. time. Oh, I did not see this coming. It's time for you to tell me what you told me in two other episodes. What have you been watching without me? Well, I was very prepared for the question. So <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Yes. So I have the perfect show. <laughs> um, Netflix's The Umbrella Academy, and the premise is that you have this. Uh, you have these children who are all born separately on the same day. Suddenly they have just conceived. Yeah. So one day the women are not pregnant. The next day they are pregnant. And then they're giving birth Ugh. to all these children around the world. And a scientist who is aware of this goes around and bribes, basically buys. I want to oh. say bribes, but also buys the uh, rights to the children from these women. The rights? Yeah, because he basically he adopts them. Okay. They become his children, but okay. he's bought them. So he, yeah, he takes them to an academy. Now at this point, it's starting to look like the X-Men because mm -hmm. he is getting them into a school and the point is to try to get them to use their powers. And they have powers. Yeah, they all have powers. Uh, and at some point, he starts to take them to um, crime scenes 
and they become crime fighters. And then there's some death involved. And what you see in the show is not so much the backstory, but rather the fallout. Because uh, it messes you up. It's no way for a child to live. Uh, yeah, ultimately, they did not have the best lives. And they are all coming together because the old man has died. Events, events, basically the end of the world. There's also at play. There's an apocalypse thing going mm. on. So like Royal Tenenbaums, but with superpowers and the end of the world. Because Royal Tenenbaums is about like genius children and the fallout of sort of their childhood. Yeah, you're going to have that. You're going to have the Royal Tenenbaums kids, or at least like uh, parental issues. Yeah, w- yeah. Meets. And sort meet, of issues yeah. with their own giftedness. Yeah, meets the X-Men, meets any kind of apocalyptic Uh, adventure movie meets time travel Mm. Uh, there's a lot of time travel involved so yeah (laughs) (laughs) a lot of of it blends for me because i saw it in a day yeah so what i do i like to do is i'll start mid-afternoon and then i'll just watch until 4 a.m and then that's it. I've watched the show. I'm caught up. So you've been semi-conscious for pieces of the middle. Yeah. So you have to, at some point, I also start to lose patience and I start <laughs> to skip, uh, skip no. through scenes. Well, you know, y- you kind of see stuff coming. So you're like, yeah, I don't need to listen to the dialogue right now. Or, you know, I like to challenge myself. So I'll put the pieces together later. And if I really can't make out oh what's going gosh. on, I'll go back and watch that scene. So I have two comments about what you've just said. First off, you're the opposite viewer for me because I just talked about cooking shows where the plot is minimal. It's like, my sister's coming for dinner. Let's bake her a cake. Um, And it's all about the character. It's all about the person driving it through. And you do the opposite where you're like, I don't want to see them build character by speaking. I just want to watch the action. No, no, no. I did not say that. Okay. In the first few episodes, I'll watch everything to get a sense of what's going on. Okay. Because that's still plot. Yeah, but at that point, all the plot and even the subplots have been established. So once the plots have been established, mm-hmm. you kind of you can make out where they're going. Yeah. So. Oh, so that's what you skip. Yeah. You skip the um, like the plot points, and you flip to the people. No, no, no! I don't flip to the people. I just try to speed the story along Uh, like i know what the problem is i don't need to see all the other factors that will exacerbate (laughs) the problem no i don't need to see the things that are making it worse (laughs) i know what the problem is get me to the climax and after that let's see how it ends what i also like is the idea that um you find certain series is so uncognitively challenging that you have to make it harder to understand in order to be entertained (laughs) now i I (laughs) did I didn't say that. <laughs> you you said something close. I said I said something that could be construed as that. Oh, I construed it. Yeah, but I, I but I do respect the artistic craft. <laughs> <laughs> the attempt. You like those actors who were like, "Yeah, I ad-libbed every line," and the writer sitting in the background with their head down. With their head down. <laughs> Because they know they didn't ad lib every yeah, line. They were written. Or because they did ad lib every line and change the story. Or both. Or both. I would hate that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I ad libbed every line. It's like, yeah, but w- what we wrote was so much better. Okay. Is there anything else we need to know about the Umbrella Academy? Um, why is it called the Umbrella Academy? I assume it's the name. Um, why did he name it that? I missed it. See, there's <laughs> so. So there's some points. You know, you 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 no. live you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So you yeah, you live by the fast forward, yeah. you die by the fast forward. So when you fast forward, you do miss those little details. So why is it called the Umbrella Academy? I don't know, but they all have umbrella tattoos. Ugh. Yeah, and it's not like a cool tattoo. Or How anything. come I don't see a bunch of people with umbrella flash? Umbrella flash. Uh, maybe it wasn't that flash hot. Tattoos. Or maybe it's because we don't hang out with middle schoolers. Oh, my gosh. Tumblr exploded. When I was on Tumblr and yeah. Umbrella Academy came out, there was so much fan art. Yeah, imagine from so from much. middle to high schoolers. I don't know. It's the internet. I don't know how old anyone it's not, is. They weren't, they weren't listening what's, to my chemical romance. What's that saying on the internet? No one knows that you're a dog. Yeah, they weren't listening to lime-wired <laughs> <laughs> pirated <laughs> versions of my chemical romance songs. So, yeah, I don't know how much in common I have with the Tumblr community. But I do know a lot of people were talking about it. It's popular enough to have a second season. One time, a friend of mine was trying to explain to me how much she loved my chemical romance. 
and she did a dramatic presentation of the song Black Parade for me, impromptu, in a parking lot. But the Black Par- the Black Parade comes after two I know. really good CDs already. I also wasn't sold. Yeah, I mean, if you're... But that's the, that's the generation... I was mostly just entranced by parking lot theater. That's the generational divide. Mm, yeah, I was older than her. They are the individuals who came to know my chemical mm. romance <laughs> during the Black Parade. <laughs> and then there's the individuals that came to know my chemical romance when they overplayed all those songs <laughs> on MTV. Every song from Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I think that's the name. <laughs> <laughs> Will not Google. Will not Google. I'll just use my own memories. I think every song had a video on MTV. So I'm dating myself. Um, uh, what's it? I'm old. I'm not okay. I promise. Oh yeah, I'm not okay. Oh, oh I, I okay. before I even, I wasn't allowed to listen to the radio before I even knew. Like, I literally Yahoo Music. I would literally type in music.yahoo.com and watch music videos on shuffle to find out what other yes. people listen to. And I saw that video and I was like, "This is great. This is great." And then right after it okay. came, Bright Eyes, and right. I was ruined. For, eh, Bright Eyes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Umbrella Academy. If yes. you go back and watch the video for I'm Not Okay, yes, it's the same aesthetic. <gasps> they look the same. They're wearing the same. Well, the, um, the, I think oh. the most important character in Umbrella Academy is the... Um, there's a character that goes missing when yes. they're children because he can time travel. So oh, he sucks. effectively time travels and can get back. So as a child... That's kind of like the magicians where this guy, um, he can move locations yeah. and he struggles to get back he's a traveler so he traveled way too far and oh. as a child he goes missing and he doesn't reappear until many years later when the guy dies oh. but when he reappears he's still in child form <laughs> but he is the one that's wearing the my chemical romance i'm not okay no. uh schoolboy outfit <laughs> well, what i like about that was that whole music video is uh like a trailer to a film it is a trailer. To yeah. It should have been a trailer to the Umbrella Academy somehow. <laughs> Make that happen. Okay, so I want to hear about your favorite movie monster or show monster. But we do need to establish what we mean by monster first. Thoughts? Discuss? We could go broad. We could go with just... Like broad monsters? Archetype. Archety- mm. Archetypical. I don't know if that's a word, but like it, really, it really captures what I want. <laughs> yeah, like a vampire, like a werewolf, like a mummy, like mm. a reptile, a large reptile, a Godzilla-esque <laughs> reptile. A meth gator. A meth gator. Yeah, that, yeah mm. so that, or, or like the uh, Lake Placid gator. Ooh. Okay, so yeah, reptiles. Uh, what's the, what's zombies, the, the mega? Zombies. Um, so sharks? Sharks. Well, what's the one... I saw one once, a sci-fi show or movie about a, it was a killer whale and a werewolf that were crossbred. What's that? Why would I know that? <laughs> well, I mean, what about me says, oh yeah, of course. This I've m- seen that many times. Oh, this yeah. man knows a lot about fictional animal splicing. Oh yes, wh- werewolf. <laughs> I think it might have been werewolf. Which is not a great name. I think it was called Killer Wolf actually. Yeah, because werewolf doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this? I thought I thought they were showing Beowulf. It's All I see is a whale <laughs> mixed with a wolf. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it, um, uh, it's like a orca looking thing in the top, but then it's got these weird scraggly legs and it runs around on land. It's so good. <laughs> Both of those animals are killer enough by themselves. The orca itself yes. is already <laughs> a killer and the wolf is already killer. <laughs> Why do you need to combine them to make them look like a very <laughs> sloppy creature? It was sloppy. Yeah, it would be. Ooh, can we include uh, bugs? Because there is yes. definitely a sci-fi movie about bees. Yeah, okay. So Robot I, bees and, and also ice spiders. Also spiders. Yeah, ice no, spiders. The ice spiders, is, I think it's a derivative of... Because I think there was... I think in the same series there... Mm-hmm. They also do big spiders in the desert. I don't know. Ooh. Yeah, I think there's more than one movie with the big spiders. Well, uh, the ice spiders are... Well, I actually never saw it. I don't know. Arachnids, yeah. yeah I don't know spiders. Yeah, I don't know if that's the name of the film. I think I want to talk about sci-fi monsters. Sci-fi monsters, hit me. Um, And I guess, I guess I'm going to group sci-fi monsters in terms of network. I love the sci-fi channel. Love, 
Love, love, love, love, love. I mean, that is the go-to network. Love, love. Is there is there a competing sci-fi network? Love. Is there? Like, uh, who else does sci-fi? Or does the sci-fi channel know. have a monopoly of what is sci-fi? I think so. I don't know enough about sci-fi channels. But sci-fi shows like a lot of wild stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, for example, but but it also shows stuff that's not like sci-fi original. Like, I already mentioned Ice Spiders. Mwah, love Ice it. Spiders. Um, just so good. Apparently, it's like in the Arctic and this crevasse and the earth opens and out come the ice spiders. They come out of the earth? Yeah. That's a, I, okay, so I, yeah. I think I've seen... See, I, I don't think I've seen the movie. <laughs> they just come out of... The, what's the... um? Wh- why? Why do they come out of the earth? Who's to say? The movie? They, they don't explain it? Do you think that I remember the plot of a movie <laughs> called Ice Spiders? <laughs> Ice spiders. <laughs> <laughs> a plot you will easily forget. A plot so convoluted that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I, I mentioned the bees when I like the bees one a lot because oh. they just had to make smoke all the time and to go places to save themselves. Oh. Um, yeah, I know because it makes bees sleepy. <laughs> Sleepies. <laughs> sleepy bees. Um, I also like... Uh, oh gosh, I, this is a movie. This isn't just a sci-fi thing, but I saw the movie Creepers. Creepers, I've seen Creepers. Yes. I've seen Creepers. I think it's called Creepers. The one with like the little sluggy things that are aliens. Oh, I don't know if I've seen Creepers. It might be called Slither. Ugh. Slither might be the term. It's a horror comedy, turns out. Yeah. It has Nathan Fillion and Elizabeth Banks. Wild. Nothing like it. Nothing. So like the idea it. is that they like kind of like look like lamprey eels. They have these little suckers and they latch onto you. They eventually go into your body and they use you like a meat puppet. Ugh. Um, and they're aliens. But like, if you can get them away from you, um, when they sucker onto you, you like see other galaxies. And I always thought that was kind of like weird, that interesting. Is, yeah. Yeah. And so one of the subplots is that this lady. She and her husband have this rough relationship and he is a meat puppet too many. And he ends up actually becoming like the hive for like all the aliens. Um, and, and, uh, but the whole thing is, is like, she doesn't realize that he has weird behavior. She thinks it's because they're on the outs and they're emotionally distant. So she keeps trying to like win him over and like, uh, oh, like no. be sweet to him. And so the aliens actually fall in love with her. Like the hive alien is in love with her. And so the high alien, like she spends a lot of time not taking over the world, but trying to win her back and being like, come back to us. And she's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did the high aliens pick, uh, pick this guy? Uh, he found them first. That's it? He it just was found them in the woods. Yeah. Wow. He was hunting and there they were. Wow. That's just bad luck. Yeah, I know. But I feel like bad luck plays a really, really big role in all of this stuff. Because uh-huh. I think it would have made for a better story if the aliens had been observing people and realized hey this guy seems to be seems to not <laughs> be really good at the marriage thing so if we were to occupy him as a host <laughs> nobody would tell no. <laughs> he's a horrible human being anyway no one likes this man <laughs> no they one, will not notice no one likes this guy and he also has very unassuming behavior so mm. yeah let's just go in he's standoffish and brusque and it really does like his behavior passes unnoticed for a while the aliens posted an ad on craigslist <laughs> it said looking for talent looking for somebody with just what you say uh, what was it uh standoffish and brusque <laughs> looking for standoffish and brusque 40 to 45 year old male <laughs> Made in the woods. As unemotionally attached as possible, please. Yes, look for hunter. <laughs> <laughs> looking for an uh, experienced hunter. Made in the woods. <laughs> we'll pay I cash. Like that, I like that. <laughs> we'll pay human money. <laughs> human money. Human money. Um. He showed up. <laughs> quick, quickly gets taken over. <laughs> there was no confrontation. No, right? This likes no. said, Let's go, guys. <laughs> Let's go, You're gang. You're hired. Let's go. Let's go, gang. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> and then they put their plans on the hold. Did they all have a meeting and said, hey, listen, listen, I know the taking over the planet thing is important to us, but I think we can save this relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, they re- reproduce asexually. And so the way they do it is that um they like feed a host and it gets really big and then they like grow inside and they come out. And so they've decided that they don't just want like a hive 
um, like a hive being. They also want her to be like their mother and be with them because they've decided that they love her. And so they literally are playing her wedding song and being like, come be. And but like it's like his face, but like this like distorted sort of like full of aliens body being oh. like, come be with us. And she's like, ah, ah. and he's like, I love you. Come be with us. We I love you. We have I have human money. We I miss you. I miss we, you. We I feel. And then love. they bring a boombox and hold it up. <laughs> Because it turns out the whole hive started In watching. Your eyes. Yeah. I don't I wouldn't sing too much, I don't think we No. <laughs> yeah. The whole hive turns right, out preserved. started watching a bunch of John Cusack <laughs> movies. And Ooh. yeah, and yeah, a bunch of John Cusack. <laughs> and now they're But then trying. they also made a mistake and watched the fourteen oh eight. Oh, yeah. with John Cusack and then they got really scary. They did get scary. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they've been they, 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 yeah. That's that's a monster genre that I love. I love monster stuff with feelings. I love every sci-fi series where there's monster characters trying to have normal relationships. I, I, I dig that stuff. That stuff is my jam. Normal relationships. So Lost Girl and Bitten where they're werewolves and being human where it's a ghost, a werewolf, and a vampire. Any of those shows where they're like, oh, I'm love. Basically, imagine like... I, I know what being human is. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like Monster Dick Rossi. It's rad. Well, I don't know the Rossi, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too far. Too much drama. Well, isn't there, so good. Is, isn't there a high school, Monster High School series yeah, out there? Right yeah, now? Monster High School is animated and has a no, line no. of dolls based on it. Okay. Th- th- yes. I feel like we... Oh, I've been watching Sabrina. That's why. It's a, <laughs> it's a, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, okay. I've been watching Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Yeah, uh, Netflix. <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah okay yeah the high well i mean you saw vampire diaries right oh and uh, yeah and vampire diaries yeah it's the same kind of thing it's like monsters but also like teen emotional drama i love it but what i appreciate about this hive thing is mm-hmm. that they clearly had an agenda of taking over the yes, world they get so sidetracked. and then get sidetracked and also but in all these monster things it's like they have these grand plans they get hijacked yeah. by like but i have feelings and somewhere in the ether <laughs> it's the guy the unassuming kind of um standoffish mm-hmm. dude whose his subconscious still exists no he's gone are you sure are we sure Ooh, he's just not being standoffish yes. somewhere else <laughs> just kind of hanging out like he's too standoffish like, to be present like in his own mind the hive is like wow this guy really is standoffish <laughs> like <laughs> It's really spot on on this crack list. You're you're giving me flashbacks to seeing the host, which is the film adaptation of the Stephanie Meyer novel. Yeah, where it's like two characters in the same body, like there's the alien inside the brain and then the girl inside the brain and their relationship with each other. Which this book is also and movie is also a romance. Yeah, again, that m- it makes sense. Love just interrupts everything. Because uh, the alien keeps seeing this girl's memories of the guy that she loves. And the alien just feels so strongly that this girl is a person whose body she's taken over. So she runs away and they find the dude together. Yeah. And meanwhile, she falls in love with a different dude. It wild. The alien gets caught up mm-hmm. in the human drama. That's what I'm the movie I'm going to make. Love so it. Love it. Already exists, but love it. No, Keep yeah. going. For this one. This is what it, this is this your sequel to the host? No, no. This is how this one <laughs> happens. So, the alien posts an ad on Craigslist <laughs> because <laughs> aliens, aliens know outside of Earth Are they you know that Craigslist really <laughs> just <laughs> attracts the kind of human you know. <laughs> it turns out that the internet was invented by aliens as a means of understanding our oh, world. O- only Craigslist was invented <laughs> by aliens. By by ice spiders, since by it's ice called spiders. the World Wide Web. Yeah, the World Wide Web. The World Wide Ice Web. Well, the World Wide Web was the ice spiders, and then <laughs> Craigslist the uh, is evil aliens. host <laughs> were the uh, Craigslist. Yeah, only that one. <laughs> Craigslist is the name of their planet. Yeah, the personals and the talent under <laughs> gigs. That's them. <laughs> Every nail artist you can book on Craigslist is an alien. Yep. You got to be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they're paying you with human money. <laughs> so in this movie, they post an ad on Craigslist, mm-hmm. on the Craigslist, uh-huh. as they refer to it, under the talent section. <laughs> and then they post, um, they, they they are looking for someone who's unassuming. Are you unassuming? Are you someone who will not be missed? <laughs> Come. We have human cash, <laughs> money, <laughs> right now. They're like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> Do you have a structural settlement but need cash now? The aliens hear that that works. <laughs> yeah, the aliens hear that, that that's catchy and humans really like it. So, <laughs> oh, always meet at the woods. So the human meets at the woods. He comes, he comes to the woods and is quickly <laughs> overcome. Like there's not even a battle. It's just very quickly like, oh, hey, boom, alien in your body, mm-hmm. host, subconscious. Meat yeah, meat puppet. But now the meat, the meat puppet, the subconscious is still there, yeah. like the host. Mm-hmm. And the alien's like, "Oh, hey, so um, y- do you want the cash money? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know they pay him to live <laughs> in yeah. his body. Like, I mean, you, I mean, we're using <gasps> you now, but do you want the cash anyway? And then it turns into that twin movie where at night he's the human and in the day he's the alien. Yeah. And so at night he just goes to the casino and uses all the money, so and then in the daytime the alien goes to his job. So although the aliens are out here for um total world uh domination we get a benefit they also have a strict code so because they did offer to pay cash money they do have to pay cash money so in the subconscious slash host conversation (laughs) it's like hey do you still want the money usually people say no since we've taken over the body but this guy's like yeah i'll take the money (laughs) they're like oh well that's weird um so an alien whose chief weakness is that whatever they promise in order to trick you they actually have to deliver on if you want it and also they're very susceptible to (laughs) loopholes in the contract so the guy's like but can can i use the money and they're like what do you mean use the money and he's like yeah human cash don't stop so what you're telling human cash has to be used and the aliens are like oh cool we don't know how this cash money thing works so yeah we'll let you use it at night and that's how it becomes the whole thing so what you're telling me is that it's a whole alien race that successfully infiltrates and begins to slowly take over the planet but their downfall is bureaucracy well, their downfall is um, <laughs> their downfall is contract bad, law, bad contracts, and, contract and law. contract law. Yeah, so this, this <laughs> that's their that's that's their tragic flaw. I love it. I love it. The problem is that yeah. Oh, be, I would watch this. Yeah. Oh, I would watch this. So I would watch this twice at night. All the grading. He takes the cash money. Yes, he takes the cash money. The human cash money. Human money. Which is actually not great because it's um <laughs> it's a lot of currency. So a lot of the first it's night international. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of the first night is him trying to go to the bank <laughs> and trying to get dollars for it. Yeah. And the bank people being like, Well, this is weird. You're probably gonna have to go to the airport. And then <laughs> at the airport a lot of yen and kroner. Yeah, and at the airport <laughs> he really gets, you know, taken because yeah those exchange rates are not going to be great <laughs> so the first night Please. yeah the fir- yeah and it's at night so Ooh. so yeah the first night is basically spent the first few nights are spent trying to get dollars <laughs> so every night he's trying to you know he's going back trying to get dollars and he goes back to sleep then the host <laughs> do their thing and then right before you know at sunset they have this conversation hey are you gonna need your body again it's like yeah i need to go to the airport again oh uh, okay you still have to do the cash money thing They're yeah like, yeah uh, okay and the aliens are just thinking okay once he spends the whole cash money it'll be done and then they can proceed to yeah. you know occupy the, the body 24 7 but then turns out this guy is a gambling addict and he does he end up going to the money. casino to so he it's a cycle of him losing all the money <laughs> but then for some reason getting it all back to where he's never Ooh. at zero could we bring in another character oh, who yeah. helps him exchange the money faster 100%. in exchange for a cut of his business? Oh. Are you getting this international money? I want to cut. 100%. And so he willingly lets the aliens take over his body in exchange for a renewable contract where he gets the money. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the aliens... So this scrappy side character. Yeah. I want to say he's played by John Leguizamo. Okay, no. <laughs> okay, so I think this is what ends up happening. Yes, I'm ready. At the casino... Yeah. This guy sees that this person, our main character, uh-huh. keeps coming back with money. Yes. So he approaches him. Hey, what's going on? What's your... He thinks there's something up. So what's, what's your, your thing? Man? What's it your deal, man? And the guy's like, you really want to know? Um, <laughs> I'm basically pimping my body out uh, to an alien race <laughs> who's intent on taking over the world <laughs> using my body. Uh, from the t- from basically 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. He watches the nightly news and realizes that his daytime body has been running for office. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and the, so the guy is like, yeah, okay, sure. Whatever, dude. Uh-huh. But 
you know, he still sees that this guy has all this money, so he wants to get into business. So yeah. he pretends What's to believe cut? this story. Uh-huh. What's the cut? And basically, he become he befriends him, <laughs> but he also befriends him during the day. Ooh. So he doesn't because he doesn't believe his story. He befriends both the host and the actual guy. <laughs> so during the day, he's actually helping the host take over wow. the world, unbeknown to him. And then at night. They're doing like a say nothing with the yes, money. Yes, and yes. that's like and it so that's the dynamic there. Oh my gosh, I love it. And the host has no idea like who this guy is, <laughs> but they're really helping. <laughs> they're canvassing, they're doing posters. Oh, and there's this really, really sentimental two scene like arc where um during the daytime um he's really helping like the the host, like the alien host. Um and the alien host is trying to understand human emotion, looks at him and goes, I think I think you're my best friend. And he doesn't know how to take it. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because... Um, but at night, they're gambling and he's having such a good time and they're laughing and talking and he goes, you know what? I think I am your best friend and you're mine. And the other guy's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, the other guy's standoffish. So <laughs> yeah, so they have this weird moment where like he realizes that he cares about them. <laughs> so that will be it. Perfect. What's it called? Oh, I don't care about the name. We'll figure out the name. Got it. The name's for other people. <laughs> we just give them the... Save it for marketing. Yeah, save it for marketing. I mean, come on. Save it for the sci-fi channel. So <laughs> so do you want to hear more about the sci-fi creatures that I like? Or would you like to take it away? I'll take it away because I have one. Take it away. And I guess it could qualify as sci-fi. So, yeah. Or at least as monster creatures. Mm-hmm. What I like... Has to start broad. So basically, inanimate objects or just uh, commonplace, kind of like the character we were just talking about. Yes. <laughs> kind of basically, inanimate <laughs> objects uh, that get possessed. Now, whether it's um, through a through a spell or through hypo yeah spell like or enchant magic. And magic or hypothetically speaking, if you were to go into a bakery and you decided to rob mm-hmm. it. And for some reason, the police show up and shoot you (laughs) and you were to bleed into a cookie batter. (laughs) And then for some reason, they still use that to bake a gingerbread man. And then that gingerbread man (laughs) became a killer. I mean, why would that be a movie? I mean, who would? Yeah, that is a movie. It's a (laughs) Gary Busey bleeds into this batter or whatever which gets turned into what would have been an an inanimate gingerbread man but it becomes a killer so he's a possessed killer gingerbread cookie it's a ginger it's a ginger dead man how big is he no he's he's very small he's gingerbread man size there's a scene (laughs) in this movie where this what i want to say two inch cookie is (laughs) he's driving a car no! And no! <laughs> He's driving a car and shooting a gun. He's got no finger. He's two feet tall. How is he holding the gas pedal? <laughs> How's he holding the gun? This might be the greatest movie ever made. It's it has so it's the perfect. Fir- the fir- okay, well check this out. The first one's called Ginger Dead Man, and I don't yes. remember the colon. <laughs> it's a Ginger Dead Man. The second one is Ginger Dead Man, Passion of the Crust. What? I can't make that up. Oh my god! I haven't seen the second <laughs> one, but it's a Passion of the Crust. Can it we was watch it? A, yeah, we all have to watch it. <laughs> It's such a bad movie. It's such a bad movie. It's a terrible idea. But it's such a great representation of the creatures that I like. Mm. Because there's no way. It's kind of like Chucky, too. Mm -hmm. There's no way that if I were to encounter these these monsters, whether it was the ginger dead man Mm -hmm. or the uh, Chucky doll, that I would be scared. Something about the idea of inanimate objects coming to life um, and like sort of being possessed really sort of strikes on a childhood fear of mine that was of um, the car crusher and the brave little toaster. Yeah. Which is a child's horror film. Yeah. Terrifying. I'm thinking about the, ter- I mean, yeah, that is terrifying because your Did mortality, you no. But now I'm thinking of like when it becomes funny. So like I said, if that little cookie came at mm-hmm. me, I would just eat it and or crush it. Mm-hmm. I would laugh. 
It's also like the uh, big Michelin man <laughs> in Ghost. Uh, Stay puffed marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters. Like that. That's a cute. I mean, I guess. Yes, that, yes. So that would make me laugh too. <laughs> so it, 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 there's so there's a range for mm-hmm. the kind of inanimate object that yeah. would scare me, but it has to be something that could kind of crush you, perhaps. But like a furnace. A furnace could be scary. See, Ugh. it's not it's not big enough to be funny, and it's not small enough small enough to kick. So yeah, it's yeah, in, it's and in actually the, yeah. like could damage you in yeah, real life. It's in that sweet spot where I could yeah. be hurt. Ooh. Have you ever seen any of the Christmas Carol adaptations? No. So there's this scene in the story of the Christmas Carol and in every adaptation, and it freaked me out, even in the Muppets version when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, When yeah, he yeah. goes to knock on the door knocker, and it turns into Marley, and he's like, Bleh! and then he doesn't touch his door because of it. What's Marley? His a ghost? Friend, a ghost, yeah. Oh, like, God. literally, he's going to grab it, and it turns into a ghost Bleh! face. Yeah. Yeah. Is that your ghost noise? I was going to say, it sounded like a baby and elephant. I guess all of the uh, Beauty and the Beast things, they're all inanimate yeah, objects yeah, that, uh, yeah. some became, that came to life. Yeah. Oh, because they were people. Yes. Yeah, they were, yeah. I would be really mad yeah. Um, because I'll, like when you see them as humans, the objects that they get turned into have something to do with their appearance. And so what you find out when you get turned into an inanimate object is what everyone thinks you secretly really look like. Like, oh, you look like a clock. Oh, you look like a, gr- a huge grandfather clock. Yes. I thought you guys said I was losing weight. <laughs> what is this? You look like a table. You're like, what? What? You're round like a plate. You're round like a plate. <laughs> oh, gosh. What else? What is the most boring? I'm trying to think like what would be a really boring thing to get turned into. <sighs> Doorstop. You're at a doorstop. I thought you guys said I was the life of the party. <laughs> it's like, oh. No, that would be Eddie. He got turned into a jukebox. Ooh, bookmark. Oh, bookmark would be whack, oh. too. <laughs> whack. <laughs> trying to think of what else I wouldn't want to be. I got turned into a sock. Not even two, just one. Just one. What, what? <laughs> There's no use for me. <laughs> you guys oh. said I was super helpful, but... <laughs> This transformation <laughs> shows I'm useless. Oh. <laughs> I'm trying to think too, like uh I got turned into a griddle. No, not a oh, griddle. A, a, a George Foreman. A George Foreman. I can imagine the mouth is flapping. I got turned into a George Foreman grill. Oh, and the George Foreman and the waffle maker are a couple. But <laughs> you literally only use them once a year. Oh. It's like oh. They're that aunt and uncle that you see only at Christmas. I thought you guys said I was good at many things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, They're just frying lean just chicken w- breasts. Just one thing. <laughs> I think a toilet would be bad. A toilet. I would wouldn't want to be the toilet. No, but it's very useful. So it, it does yeah. seem like it would be someone who would be reliable. Yeah. But then I would feel like the butler or something like that. Yeah, the butler would be the toilet. Yeah, yeah. This feels Downton Abbey-ish, because now in my head I'm trying to match up which Downton Abbey character will become what. Yeah. So, like, who does Bates become? Isn't that the butler? I think, no. He's the, he's one of the valets who has the cane. Oh. I think he becomes a three-legged chair. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or maybe like a... A stool. A bar stool. Maybe like a coat hanger. A coat hanger. Just a hanger? <laughs> oh, Not my a co- gosh. A, a coat stand. A coat rack? Yeah, 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 yeah. A coat yeah, rack, yeah, yeah. a, oh, rack, like a, a hanger. hanger. Just one. Just a hanger. <laughs> you hold one thing. You are going to do this one thing. <laughs> what about his wife, Anna? I don't remember. I don't even... The blonde lady? Yeah. She becomes a duster. I, I don't remember this. I don't remember a show enough to... <laughs> remember Don Abbey enough? I don't remember it enough to turn people <laughs> into things. I would watch a Beating the Beast Down Abbey crossover, though. I just want to get. I just want. I just want to <laughs> see someone get turned into a George Foreman girl, so I can laugh. <laughs> I can laugh. Can I? Can I go off on a George Foreman tangent? Wait, somebody else gets turned into a VHS <laughs> in 2019. Betamax. It's like why? Why, <laughs> why am I a VHS? And then the kid who's a vinyl is like, at least I'm cool. Oh, oh yeah, at least I'm cool. <laughs> I got turned into a French press. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, guy. <laughs> yeah, what about you? I know? want someone to be like the crisper drawer in the fridge, not even the fridge. The, yeah, the crisper. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one drawer that people don't know what, you know, how to use. 
Like, what were you going to say, George Foreman girls? Do you remember um, season two of American Grit, Rest in Peace, such a good show? Great, great show. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what happened? Do you remember season two um, when there's this guy, George, who's uh, this really cool contestant and everyone really likes him, and then he tells everyone that he's one of George Foreman's children? Yeah, yeah. He's George Foreman. He's a George Foreman. He's like, a George Foreman. Yeah, the fourth, I don't even oh, know. so good. Yeah. Such a good moment. Great moment. American Grit. Great TV. Not True Grit. No, American Grit. American Grit. grit. <laughs> American True Grit <laughs> is John Cena in the, like doing a Western thing, Western theme. Oh my True gosh! Grit. Yeah, why hasn't Ameri- John Cena been in a Western? But I, I don't know. Mm. American True Grit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crossover. I like it though. It was very good. We'll talk about American yeah. Grit eventually because there's just I just have so much to say. <laughs> I miss it. I miss it. And thank you for listening. That's the show. If you want to know more, just go to our website at whatiwatchwithoutyou.com. You can email us at podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Spotify, anchor.fm. And iTunes soon. And soon, yeah. Soon and iTunes soon. Uh, and just, if you can, I don't know, what rate us give us a thumbs leave up leave us a review leave us a review send us mm-hmm. an email um so caitlin do you have any closing quote for us i do yes. it's um profoundness this is a quote from johnny one of the uh key characters in the 2007 tv movie ice spiders hit me ice take spiders. that army dudes we don't need you to kick spider but so you you heard it here first you don't need the army you do kick spider butt just go out there and do it um bye bye